0: What's going on Team Encore? We've got a special guest today, John Guyberger. John is the high school golf coach of Oaks Christian. He is a golf instructor. He is head of Encore's player development. He's the past head coach of Pepperdine University, men's golf team. He's also been a professional caddy. And last but not least, the son of Mr. 59, Al Guyberger. John, welcome, how are you?
1: Great, Steve, thanks for that wonderful introduction.
0: You got it. First question I'd like to know, how are you managing um, personally in this this global health crisis um, in California where you are outside LA?
1: Well, everybody's adapting to a new routine, and uh, I think, I'm starting to settle in to, to my routine. Everybody's uh, trying to figure out what's, uh, what's the best for them and how we're going to get through it. And uh, the challenging thing is how long it's going to be. It's a, it's a great unknown. We're, we're an uncharted waters uh, with, without a, with any kind of map. And uh, it's going to, it's, it's challenging for all, but I think uh, everybody here in California is uh, obeying the rules and uh, sheltering at home and, uh, hopefully that uh, does what it needs to do to flatten out the so-called curve.
0: Great. Well, I'm glad you're, you're staying home and, and healthy. How, tell us, how are you communicating with your players on the high school team there?
1: Well, the, the timing of the shutdown, uh, we just got our season started. We had uh, three or four matches in a tournament. And we were kind of off off and running and then uh, to get a complete roadblock uh, was challenging for the kids. I'm reaching out to them uh, through email through texting and phone calls a couple times a week, trying to encourage them to uh, stay up on their games, stay up on their studies try to try to tell them that uh, you know this is something that we couldn't plan for it, but uh, you know once we get through and overcome it we'll probably be eventually uh, better, better from it. So.
0: So our chairman, Keith, shared an email with me that, that you had sent to your team members um, and it had listed some advice in terms of, you know, being at home, some visualization techniques um, for our listeners out there and golfers out there. What are some advice um, you could give them to keep their golf games in shape during the quarantine?
1: It's a, it's a great question. Since uh, since we're home now, uh, we can't go to the range or the golf course and uh, go out and play. So it's it's a great time to kind of uh, stay in touch with the game, but we just have to do it a different way. And uh, it's a great time to, to work on our mental game. I think, uh, it's Golf is about, is, is data shows about 80 to 90% mental, and I think we work on our mental game less than 10% of the time. So this is a great opportunity for us to work on our mental game through visualization. And I know a lot of people have visualized a shot when they're in the trees and they, they see the shot, but that's maybe the only time in a round that they actually visualize a shot. And uh, it's, it's, I'm a huge believer in the power of the mind and visualizing not only the first shot, the second shot, the third shot, but visualizing the entire round. And uh, how you do it, you find a quiet place. Uh, it's, it's gonna take about 30 minutes. And uh, what you would do is then visualize the first shot off the tee, visualize the tee shot, hear the sound that the ball makes off the club face, visualize the, the shot that you would hit, um, we're not all of a sudden gonna hit great shots on every hole, but try to hit, visualize shots that you'd be happy with in competition. So visualize that opening tee shot, the bounce and the roll. Just don't visualize the flight, but visualize the ball landing, bouncing, rolling to a certain spot, where that ball would be under those conditions that day. Um, pick your home course or a course you play frequently, uh, so you, you can be very clear with the details of, of the hole. The rest of the course then you visualize about what club you would hit into the green from that spot uh, visualize the type of shot you would hit based on where the flag is um, don't always hit the best shot or a perfect shot but hit a shot like i say you'd be happy with in competition and play the entire round visualize yourself walking up on the green marking the ball visualize seeing the line early when you do mark the ball. Then visualize the, 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 the speed and the line. Maybe it's a 15 footer, you make the putt. Visualize the ball going in. If it's a 210 yard par three, visualize hitting the ball in the middle of the green and hitting a great lag putt up to 20 or 30, from 20 or 30 feet to two feet and tapping it in. So when you're doing this, you're not gonna shoot your career round, but visualize all good shots that you'd be happy with in competition and uh the late great Seve Batistairos used to lay on his bed and before he'd go out and play in a major and visualize every shot that he wanted to hit that day and uh so it's, it's, it's proofs in the pudding I think he won six majors and uh it's something that I've done before uh, I've had an my I have my game hasn't felt great and I've done it before I've gone out and played the next day and And I've actually hit some of the exact shots that I did visualize the day before. So it does work and it does help you get through your round, but it's a great way. Try to do it every day or every other day and play your home course and then play another course in the area and play all the courses that that you're familiar with and that have played. So that's number one. We got to spend all this time using our mind and the power of our brain a lot better. Now, physically, we got to switch gears there. Uh, most of us can't hit balls, so we've got to make some adjustments inside or outside. So I've got a few, uh, a few concepts that will help. Uh, number one, go outside or on the side of your house or in your driveway and take a couple of clubs, um, preferably sand wedge, pitching wedge. They have more head weight. Put the clubs together and make 10 swings, 10 official swings. That'll help uh, with flexibility, it'll help speed of your swing, it'll build some strength, and it's a great warm-up. I was a a college sherman up at Stanford one year, and Johnny Miller was giving a clinic, and uh, he said, this is better than hitting balls. And uh, I was quite used to this as a kid, the courses I grew up on, neither one of them really had a driving range or a driving range that was close to the clubhouse. So I don't think I ever hit balls as a kid before I went out and played. So I would use this same uh, strategy. So make 10 swings and do, and do it three times. So make three sets of 10. You'll probably work up a little sweat. Then take your sand wedge or pitching wedge and make 10 more swings with that club. And you'll, and you'll notice that you'll have a lot more speed uh, with swinging that one club, a little more power. And try to feel all the different concepts of what your body's doing how you're reacting and things like that so 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 you've made 30 with so-called weighted clubs and you've made 30 uh, just with one club so then secondly if you have any grass or a, an area where you can at least make contact uh, with a ball around your house um preferably outside and uh even if Just try to take three or four balls and pitch in 10 or 20 yards. Work on your setup where you wanna land the ball. That's the most important thing here. Not so much if there's a flag there and how close it ends up. But the two things that you're working on here is ball contact. So hitting the ball in the center of the club face, landing those balls where you see them landing in a specific spot. Then when you do go out and play when that day comes, Uh, All you're adjusting is how hard to hit those pitches and chips as compared to, you know, if there's a flag. So if you have a grass area, park across the street, um, a grass area in your backyard, take advantage of that. Hit those chips and pitches. And third but not last, uh, putting, the all-important part of putting. We all have probably some carpet in our house, whether it's uh, thick or thin, uh, it's very important to stay connected to the cutter. Um, So first and foremost, I want you to take a couple balls and putt to a quarter from four feet. So we're gonna hit that quarter 10 times in a row. And we're gonna do this drill three times. So this might take you, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, however long it takes you to do this. But the keys here are routine, fundamentals, That's anytime you go through your routine, it settles the mind, settles the body. Then you wanna work on speed putts. So say you've got 20, 25 feet of carpet that you can putt to, put a a cup, grab a cup from the kitchen, put a cup down, and uh, putt five balls, try to get it within six inches, either short of the cup or past the cup. When you do five in a row from five feet, then advance it to 10 feet, up to 15 feet and 20 feet. So once you've done up to 20 feet, then work your way back from 20 to 15 to 10 to five. Now, like I said, if you might have thin carpet, it might be so-called fast green, or you might have a, a thick shag carpet, it might be a slow green, but that's okay. Just as long you've gone through your routine, you checked your setup, your weight is, distributed correctly and you're going through your routine, uh, ball contact and a smooth stroke is really what you're looking for there. So that's a great way to work on the physical part of it, the mental side of it and keeping keeping us kind of connected or in, I call it in touch with the game. So when we do go out and play on the course, I think you uh, will be a lot better from us.
0: Great, appreciate those tips, John. And so I'm curious, growing up as the son of Al Guyberger, Mr. 59, the first to shoot, um, or the first to break 60 on the PGA Tour, you followed him around the tour and you've got great memories. I am curious, what is your favorite story from being out there with your father on tour?
1: Great question. There's so so many memories that pop into to my mind, but I'm gonna blend one of being with my father and actually catting for him. Uh, he just joined the senior tour in uh, September of 1987. And that's uh, something he looked forward to for, for years to get getting on that tour. And uh, I think he went out and won his third or fourth tournament the Vantage Championship in North Carolina. And uh, the tour was headed back to the West Coast in uh, the next few weeks in Las Vegas. And uh, I went over and, and caddied for him, and he walks out on the driving range on Wednesday in the Pro-Am, and he's literally standing about two or three inches above the grass. And uh, it just he had so much confidence from that win, and I was like, wow, I've never seen my dad kind of have this approach or this feeling to the game. I, I sensed something really special there. So first day he goes out and shoots 67. It was absolutely flawless. Didn't miss a shot was probably the highest he could have shot. I mean, it was so easy. Uh, second round, he shoots a cold, windy October day in Las Vegas, very kind of uh, unheralded there, and uh, shoots 73, but probably played as good or better than he did the day before. Just got a few bad bounces and things didn't, didn't go our way. But uh, I think we were in about 20th place, five shots out of the lead, and uh, that – That night, I couldn't really fall asleep. When I did sleep, I woke up early. I felt something very heavy and kind of uh, alert with me that that morning, like something special was going to take place. I got to the course early. I was ready to go. Uh, He comes out, warms up. He buries the first five holes. Now, this is at the Desert Inn, Las Vegas. Buries the first five, shoots 29 on the front nine. Bertie's 18 from about twenty feet to uh, to break Jack Nicholas's course record of sixty-four. He shoots sixty-two and wins a tournament by three. He makes nice. thirty-seven thousand he makes thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollars and writes me a check for three thousand dollars. That was about 2700 dollars <laughs> $2, more than I had before I started the week. Uh, that was a special uh, memory to be with him and be part of a win, uh, and the way he did it was uh, it sticks very strongly in my mind. That's,
0: that's amazing, and certainly more than I've ever made caddying. So um, yeah, appreciate that, was that back, story. That
1: was back in 87, too. <laughs> so.
0: Well, what I've got up behind me is actually the scorecard from um, your father's famous round there. At Colonial, when when we went out last year with him um, in the winner of the sweepstakes to recreate the round um, at Colonial in Memphis, and and it was a really special time um, hearing from your father about um, the shots that he hit and you know what was going through his mind during that round, um, and that leads me to my next question: What uh, are some lessons that he has taught you over the years?
1: Of all the clinics he's done over the years that I've been part of, uh, he likes to use the example of golf is like life. And, and the more you think about this, the, the more it makes sense. Uh, it teaches you patience. It teaches you how to get out of trouble. It lets you know that when your back's against the wall, sometimes you can hit the greatest shot or uh, make the best decision in life. Um, that it's not a sprint. It's a, it's a slow walk or, or a marathon, so, so to speak. But uh, it, the more you think about life and the more you think about a round of golf, sometimes you can bogey the first three holes and shoot even par. You know, sometimes you're, 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 the, the day starts off really poorly. And, you know, what else can go wrong or in my life? And, and, and the day turns out, to end up to being great. So you, you tend to get what you put into it. I guess, so to speak. But uh, that's one, one philosophy that I've always kind of kept, kept with me um, that, that he's taught me and, and that I've seen. I was also able to see how he treats people. And uh, I was able to travel with him a lot and, and be around a lot of people and uh, kind of treats everybody with the great respect, no matter who the person is. And that's one thing that's always, always uh, re- really stuck with me. In, in that respect great. and what I did learn being on the tour with him just about the athletic side is how great the great players are uh, they're so much different when the flag goes up than they are in the practice round or the pro-am uh, how you and I are when we go out and play that's kind of how we are but how great players have different gears and I like to say when the uh, when the flag goes up for them on Thursdays, like when uh, the curtains are pulled back and the lights are on and Fred Astaire starts dancing, how many people can dance with Fred Astaire? It's like not many people can play with the greats of all time. So it was uh, it's, it's yeah. really interesting to learn that.
0: Very interesting. There's certainly certainly on a whole nother level that's, that's hard, to, hard to even conceive. Um, next question, I'm curious, you being out at Sherwood Country Club, teaching, working with the members, what's kind of been the reaction to the Elixir ball out there?
1: They, they're they're in love with it out there. Um, it was kind of like, uh, gave it to one of my regular members and he got done, said so it's the best ball he's ever played. Then he gave it to another guy and he said, and you know, it kind of spread like wildfire. Uh, I think the thing that most people mention is, One, it goes a little straighter, doesn't curve as much. Two, it goes a little further because of that. And third, it it has such a great response around the greens. Um, Everybody kind of says the same things. And when when you start hearing it from so many different people, um, you realize how, how true it really is.
0: Awesome, thanks John. Okay, so we're gonna switch up gears here and jump into our lightning round. Some rapid fire questions for you. And sure. then we'll, we'll end with, with one last question for our viewers. And I will say, if there are any questions um, that the viewers may have, please leave them in the comments below. First question. Would you rather play Beth Page Black or Pebble Beach? Pebble Beach. Prediction on next tour event before June 30th or after?
1: Unfortunately, after.
0: Fair enough. If so you had to pick one event to go to,
1: Masters or Ryder Cup? Masters. Favorite player? You know, I'm going to keep it in the family and go with, uh, go with my dad. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going I'm to go there.
0: Good answer. Are you a hot dog or a granola bar kind of guy at the turn?
1: I'll go hot dog. Nice.
0: Hybrid or two iron?
1: I grew up hitting a one iron, so I'm going to have to say a two iron.
0: <laughs> nice. I should have had that on there. Would you rather play with Michael Jordan or Tony Romo?
1: Michael Jordan.
0: Oprah or Kim Kardashian?
1: Kim Kardashian.
0: Interesting. All right, John. Yeah, you made it through the lightning round. got one last question. Um, can you tell us something our viewers might be surprised to learn about you?
1: Well, I coached a long time in college at Pepperdine uh, 17 years, and the question I always get is, how, how, how do you guys do? And the question I like to give people is, is uh, we actually won the national championship. <laughs> so we, we won the, we won the national championship, so that that uh, is it's quite a unique honor to, to have on your resume. And uh, secondly, we, are, we were Division One. We weren't Division Two or Division Three, being a small school. And uh, the unique thing about winning that championship is we won the 100 NCAA championship. So it's the Centennial, oh, wow. Centennial Championship, which kind of makes it even a little more special.
0: That's awesome. And... You had some pretty good rounds over the years yourself, didn't you?
1: Yeah, uh, people always ask me what my lowest round is, and I, I could say I've never shot 59, but I did shoot 61 back at Montecito Country Club years ago, and I did par the last two holes, so I had room for 59 in there.
0: <laughs> See, so. it, must be, <laughs> it must be in your blood.
1: Yeah, that's, my, that's as close as I'm ever going to get to 59 in, in- <laughs> we all hit 59 at one point we just don't stop there
0: (laughs) good point well thank you John really appreciate you you coming on today and and um, being here for our audience and and to the listeners out there one last reminder any questions please feel free to leave them below thank you John really appreciate it thanks for having me Steve Cheers Stay safe. You too.